Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go in-depth on all things Cyclones. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. I'm Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson coming to you on an Iowa State football bye week in which the Cyclones sit four and three overall, three and one in the Big 12. And Randy, I'm going to endeavor to say shockingly in second place, in the Big 12 with that 3-1 and one record behind only undefeated Oklahoma. Given where Iowa State football was a month ago when we were talking about are they ever going to score a touchdown again, it is <laughs> uh, incredibly impressive for from this roster, from this coaching staff of how far they've come, in my opinion, in the last month. And you have to give a lot of credit to a lot of different people for them being able to figure out enough offensively and for, you know, even defensively, John Haycock has tightened the screws there a little bit. Like things looked wobbly would be an overstatement, but we were approaching wobbly defensively and Haycock and his staff and those players have tightened the screws to where that looks much more uh, akin to what we have become accustomed to seeing from an Iowa state defense. So Randy, we can get into the particulars, but I think the baseline is, you got to give credit where credit is due. And Iowa State football has gone leaps and bounds in the right direction over the course of the last month. Yeah, you're right, Travis. That's a good point. Um, I think we'd be naive to think that this season wouldn't start out a bit slow anyway because of, of you know, the, the whole gambling situation. That, that, that really changed – this team um, significantly changed this team. Plus, given also the fact that this team is so darn young, um, it's it's ridiculously young. So, I, I I looked at it the other day after after the yesterday after the game. You know how many seniors started on Saturday? Four, just four seniors started on Saturday. That's that's. Incredible that Iowa State, I mean, yeah, okay, Cincinnati's not the greatest team on the planet, but nonetheless, for Iowa State to go on the road and win in a Big 12 uh, against a Big 12 opponent with this young of team, that's that's really saying something. And I guess we sh- we probably should have anticipated a slow start um, to the season. I mean, it was like – it was like on the offense with 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 Matt Campbell and 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 Nate Shieldhouse, Shieldhouse. They were just spoon feed, spoon spoon feeding these guys, um, you know, gradually. Um, they weren't giving them too much, and, and as they proceeded to to um, to learn what needed to be learned to be a successful Big 12 football player, they gave them more and more. And I don't think it's any coincidence that 
Rocco's um, improvement since the Ohio game is a major reason, and the running backs um, improvement also is a major reason that the playbook has been expanded as well. Um, we're seeing we're seeing plays right now that that we certainly did not see earlier in the season, and I think the offensive line. I think you can throw that in there in there too because it's it, that that it's finally showing some some improvement. Now the whole thing is 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 um, keeping that keeping that going, um, which which brings me to this. I'm going to ask you, Travis. Do you think the bye week is is good now? Or do you think this is not a good time for a bad week, given the fact that Iowa State's won three out of four and, um, um, you know, kind of on a roll right now? I think whatever cons there are to the timing in terms of Iowa State playing good football right now are are probably outweighed just by the timing. Like, you get any later into the season for this bye week, you know, maybe next week would be good. But, like, if the Baylor game was this upcoming week, you're probably winning that game, right? Or we would anticipate Iowa State being favored right. in that game. And then we're having the same discussion about not wanting to push pause on, on a winning streak. I just think mid-October is a good time right in the middle of the season. I think, what, they've played seven games, so just on the back half of it that, like, Randy, you know this as well as anybody, November is damn hard. Like It yeah. is an absolute grind to finish out the season with some semblance of healthiness with the stakes involved with the weather, with everything of a long season, like November is really difficult and you need to be able to catch your breath beforehand. And I think being able to do it and then have a five game, five week sprint to the end, you know, that that's the timing is fine. I think it is ultimately where I get to. And I think, Two, when we're talking about Iowa State's improvement, and again, like we started out saying how much credit they get, but I think you can hold two thoughts in your head at the same time, too, where, and I think this is an important nuance, too, what I'm going to say. The teams that Iowa State beat are not great teams, right? Like Oklahoma State's bad. TCU is mediocre. Cincinnati, I think, is the worst of the three. They get their brakes beat off by Oklahoma. What that tells you is important. Are they in the top tier in that Oklahoma-Texas tier? No, they're not. But it's equally as important and equally notable, in my opinion, given the youth, given the 4-8 and eight last year, given the gambling suspensions of this year, that they're not terrible either. They're better than those three teams. Like I left those games having no qualms about who the better football team was between Oklahoma State, TCU, and Cincinnati. It was Iowa State. They were clearly the better team which puts them clearly in the middle to upper middle pack of the big 12, which given all those caveats that I just laid out, that's really impressive. Like for them to be right in the middle of the big 12 and maybe with a chance to be in the upper part of the second tier in the big 12, like that, that is a, that is noteworthy. And that is an achievement, which again, like you got to put the whole thing in context. I don't like, this is not a, great Iowa state team, but avoiding the seller that you were in last year. And in my opinion right now, definitively avoiding being in that bottom group, that bottom three or four teams that that's important. And that shows growth that shows potential and that shows promise. And I think even with this three game winning streak, you know, going back to what we talked to about Ohio, 
that you had to probably slow everything down and take progress and growth as it comes. And I think that's been more important than the wins, as important as they are. That's been the trajectory of this team. And Randy, we were talking about it for weeks about this team is taking its lumps, but it's pretty easy to look at the field and see all the young guys. And sometimes youth can just be an excuse for losing games. When it, especially when it, when you look at it and like, okay, I don't see how these guys project out to being Big 12 players. It, it's not hard to see Ben Bramer as a Big 12 player. It's not hard to see Jack Sadowski as a Big 12 player. It's not hard to see Rock Gobek as a Big 12 player. Abu Sama, Cartavius Norton, like all these guys, you project them out a year or two. It's like, okay, Iowa State's got something. Then like maybe you are you are knocking on that tier one door, especially with Texas and Oklahoma leaving. Now you get the four Pac-12 schools, but that's still not on the you know the resource level of those two other programs. So this is trending very optimistically for Iowa State, both in the short term and the long term, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. And let's look ahead here now, okay? At Baylor, I at Baylor on October twenty eighth, a week from whatever, a week from this Saturday coming up. I mean, Baylor's not great. They're two and four. They they're they're not. My gosh. And and B, then they play then they play um, the home against Kansas, and then on November eleventh they're at BYU. Do you see how bad BYU or how bad TCU beat BYU last Saturday? Forty four to eleven. Oh my gosh! Iowa State hadn't played in in um in Cincinnati before, and they they handled the Bearcats. Iowa State's not played at BYU before. It wouldn't be my it wouldn't have shocked me if Iowa State goes to Provo and wins. I mean, so this is this the rest of the schedule for the way this team is playing now, and that's a, that's a hugely important. There cannot be any regression, but with the rest of the schedule, I I can see Iowa State hitting that that six win, and I, I heaven forbid, I mean, me saying this, but but uh, or more. Um, um, Kansas hasn't been has is a little bit. Spotty. Um, I don't see Iowa State beating Texas whatsoever, and I don't think you want to go into Kansas State um, needing needing a victory to go to a bowl game. So, but I think I think we'll know pretty much the plight of this team after um, what after the after the Baylor game, if if not if not sooner. Um, and, and two of the next with two of the next three games are on the road. So that's that's going to be another test. But but and I, I haven't looked it up, but it just it just seems to me that the Campbell's teams haven't really had a big a major problem on the road other than the last season and a half. But I don't know. Like I said, maybe that maybe they have. It just seems that that they that they have not. But but yeah, you're right, Travis. You don't want to. November is going to be a bear. It always is. You're tired. Um, um, everybody knows everybody. Opponents are gearing up. You know, Texas is is going to be wanting to stay on its collision course with with um, revenge against against OU in the Big Twelve championship game. So. Um, there's a there's a lot out there and and right now that that Iowa State can actually play for, whereas after that god awful game at in Athens, 
Athens, Ohio, like you said, we didn't know whether they'd win another game. I mean, and that was seriously on the table. 100% on the table is Iowa State going to win another game. And they pulled it together. And I found it interesting that after the game Saturday, that Rocco fessed up and he almost, you know, like you, like you pointed out to me, Travis, almost apologetically said that losing that, that game at, at Ohio, um, I'm paraphrasing just a smidge here, but, but was a wake up call, opened some eyes and, 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 you know, they decided that, Hey, these, this team has to, has to, um, you know, start performing, you know, some teams have, some teams have team meetings to get going. I haven't heard about Iowa state having any team meetings. Iowa state had, had Ohio. So um, yeah, I I think, I think there's, there's a heck of a lot of reasons for um, encouragement. Um, I don't think there's, there's any bad injuries on this team. Sama didn't play, but um, but just maybe a couple of possessions. But I do think he would got some sort of a tweak against TCU injury that that may have been lingering. But he'll have a week to to heal that. Um, yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think everybody's everybody on the, this team is confident as well. They should be. Now they just have to to do something to carry it forward. Yeah, I mean, I do think like you can probably laugh about it now, given that Iowa State seems to have figured itself out a little bit here. But like there is an element to this of uh, Randy. I'm guessing you haven't seen. I think you should leave. But like, if you you you're on the internet, have you seen the picture of the guy in the hot dog suit saying we're all trying to figure out who did this? No. Okay. Well, our some of our listeners right. maybe have seen that, but it is kind of funny. It's like oh. Look at all the improvement that Iowa State shown. It's like, well, you guys were the ones that lost to Ohio too. Like, be better in September. Like, I mean, how many times have we had that conversation? Yeah. The one time they've been good in September, they have their worst real season, non first, you know, their first losing season under Campbell since year one. Like, they kind of like they've been able to figure themselves out throughout the year, most years. But it's like, why don't you do that a couple of weeks earlier? And you're having very different conversations here. Um, you know, you go back to that Louisiana game in 2020. Oh I mean, like yeah. it just, again, it's kind of inexplicable, the slow starts from Iowa state, which again, not to harp on a negative because they have figured it out, but you know, despite what Rocco said, I'm not sure you have to lose that game to Ohio to get to where you are today. I don't know. It's, 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 I, that's the game that where where it seems that Campbell figured out and Nate figured out that that okay we're gonna have to throw the ball to open up the run we're gonna have to be a pass first team which they've which they've become sort of the one and and once teams loosened up the the defenses against them so um, I don't think we we can close this first segment without without talking about the improvement that's been made also on the special teams. Um, Saturday was pretty darn good special teams performance. And I'm not even talking about, about only Chase Contreras' six yard run for a planned first planned six yard run for a first down. I'm talking about his, his field goals. I'm talking about Iowa state um, Jalen Knowles returns. I'm talking about um, kick whatever the, the kickoffs, um, um, and hey, the, give, the thing, uh, I, they, holder, they, they, what? give holder Tyler Perkins double daps because he's got the handoff to Contreras, and then he did catch a high snap and able to put it exactly down yeah for a field goal. I, they they were really good. Knowles 
Like I have been critical of their return game because it just feels like they get so little out of that. But that return by Noel was huge. Like he was great. Did he even have a fair catch? He didn't even make a fair catch on Saturday. And we'd criticize that. I don't think he did. I can't remember. I've already, I've moved on. We're, we're on to Baylor. We're on to the bye <laughs> You're on the hot, you're on the hot dog videos. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you're watching hot dog videos. I'm watching videos of, of, uh, uh, Jake Rimsburg running around the stadium, high five and people after the game. Why don't well, we, we know who we are? Why don't, why don't we, uh, talk about that here too, Randy? What you got a t- chance to talk with Jake Rimsburg, uh, one-on-one after the game. Uh, he got in briefly at the end, his first game back since serving that six game NCAA suspension for gambling, not on Iowa state games, but uh, I believe on some other college football and college basketball games. Um, what were his thoughts about what happened and his ability or, you know, getting the opportunity to come back? Well, it, it very, he, he said it all here. It, it, the, that question was answered in my first question. Um, and it was loaded. I, I asked him, I said, did you think you were, you were gonna, ever going to get in? I mean, it was a score was out of whack at that point in time and, and was 724 in the game, seven, something like that. Um, I, I, you know, I asked him, did he think he was going to get in? And he said, he said, you know, Randy, that was not the important thing to me. The important thing was me being out there in a uniform with pads on, on the road with, with my quote unquote brothers. And, you know, we've heard that line so many times. Um, and, and with, with, with this guy, it's not a cliche. He wanted to be out there with, with his, with his, um, the guys he came in with, um, he's a red shirt senior. He's done. Um, it was, it was extremely significant for him and down there by the locker room. Um, when I was talking, when I was speaking with him, there were fans or parents, Fans were were hanging out down by the locker room area. There was kind of they were kind of fenced off with just some little makeshift fence. But but I mean, there were people hollering his name, and they were they were excited that he was out there. Teammates were coming out of that the locker room. Um, I think it, it kind of looked like you had to shower in shifts in there. It was such a small locker room, but and that was just from looking out from outside. But but um, they were coming out and 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 congratulating him. Um, and this is, this is teammates and you and I saw what he did before the game, the, the impact he had with his fellow linemen before the game during pregame. So it was, it was, it was pretty emotional downer for him. And, um, it was cool going forward. You've got a starting right tackle who has, who has started at right tackle coming back and adding, um, um, some experience depth. Iowa State heads into its bye week, four and three overall, three and one in the Big 12 and showing uh, an incredible amount of improvement in a short amount of time. When we come back on the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register, we will talk some Big 12 basketball with the league hosting its men's and women's media days in Kansas City tomorrow and Wednesday when we come back. This is Cyclone Insider on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. If you miss any of our discussion about Iowa State football in the first segment, be sure to check it out wherever you get your podcast. We're going to switch gears now to men's and women's basketball with the league hosting its annual media days in Kansas City. I will be there on Wednesday for the men. Our colleague Tommy Birch will be there tomorrow 
for the women's portion of the event. Randy, this will be the first and last composition of the league's media day uh, with this 14-team league with the Texas and Oklahoma leaving and the four incoming Pac-12 schools. So going to be kind of a uh, a little bit of a weird day from a coverage standpoint. But ultimately, I think tomorrow will be the first day where we're going to be talking in earnest about what the league is going to look like this year. And I'm going to be fascinated to see how it unfolds, both for the men and the women um, with this current composition and the uneven schedules. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting year in the Big 12. Yeah, I, 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 I was just writing some things down as you were talking there. Okay, you've got can we've got Kansas that's that's that got maybe a hand slap from whatever group that was um, that's now obsolete. You've got we've got no Bob Huggins. You've got no hugs down there. I mean, and he's always good for entertainment. Um, and and um, Calvin Sampson. That's that'll be interesting because he'll be there because the, Houston is is you know Houston and Kansas will go will finish one two in the in the conference. So this is this is a as informative as an interesting Big Twelve basketball media day as there's as there's been in a long time. It'll be very similar to to um, to the way the football was with all the expansion. Um, people there. So yeah, it's, it's, you have your work cut out for you. It's going to be, uh, it'll be interesting. I'll be curious to see, to read how, um, how Kansas, how, how reporters, you know, what, what comes out about the, of the Kansas situation. I don't know whether Bill Self has talked since what was it last week, two weeks ago, whenever it was, the I don't R-A-R-P know whether he, deal. Yeah, yeah. They, they met with the media. I mean, like that was such a slap on the like. Not, I don't even know if that was a slap on the wrist. It's just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I, I don't even know if it'll like. It might get a question or two, but I don't think it'll be something. I mean, damn, okay. man, like that stuff was six years ago. Unbelievable. I know, and it's always, it's always in the, it's always, yeah, it's always there with Kansas. It seems like too. No, you're, you're right, you're right. But um, yeah, I, I it's, it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, um, interesting dinner for you. Yeah, and I think uh, for the Iowa State men, it'll be I'm gonna be I'm as fascinated by this season, uh, what this team can be as I have been for a while. Because even the last two years, I had pretty I was more surprised than uh, fascinated going into the year, just because you know those both of the TJ Otzelberger's first two rosters going into the year, he didn't feel overly bullish about them. Uh, or at least like feel like you had a great sense of what they could be. Whereas I look at this year and I don't know what they're going to be, but I, I think we're going to find it interesting with, with the youth, with the talent, you know, they're seem to be very high on their transfers. Um, being able to have impacts and certainly that freshman class has a lot of, uh, expectations. So I don't know what this Iowa state team, like there, I think you and I were talking about it, or maybe I was talking about it with Eric Heff. Uh, at the game on Saturday or the week before is I feel like there's a huge range of possibility for this Iowa state team where sometimes you can go into a year and say one of these two, three, four things is going to happen. I could see any huge, like this team could be excellent. It could be among the worst in the big 12 and everything in between, just because I think there is so much unknown. I think it's more likely that they're good than they are not good. But when you have youth, when you have new players, 
you never quite know what that alchemy is going to be. And when you see Iowa State pick seventh in the league, I think that is a a hat tip. And I think I said this Thursday, Randy, I think from the Big 12 coaches to TJ Otzelberger, when you look at the last two rosters that he's put together and what he's been able to get out of them, I think them being picked seventh is the Big 12 coaches saying, we're not entirely sure about this roster just because it's young. Young usually does not translate to good in the Big 12. But we've seen TJ Otzelberger take the rosters of the last two years and turn them into NCAA tournament teams. So he'll probably figure it out. That's how I interpreted that. I agree. I agree with you 100% on that. Um, They'll figure it out. And and the bar right now should be the NCAA tournament, making the NCAA tournament. That's that's the bar every year. I mean, that's been set since TJ took over two and 22, um, you know, a few years ago. So, um, yeah, it's – it's going to be I, it's going to be very interesting the, the, this this basketball season and the women's season is going to be pretty interesting as well. So, be sure to check out DesMoinsRegister.com for our coverage both Tuesday and Wednesday from Big Twelve Basketball Media Days and for plenty of football coverage this week as well as Iowa State gets ready to head into the home stretch of its schedule starting next week at Baylor. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.